Today's show is sponsored by High Camp Flask. And Memorial Day is coming up. That means travel season is going to kick off for everyone. And you got to find High Camp Flask and get one of their flasks. They have the Firelight Flask, which is 750 milliliters. They have the Half Light Flask, which is 375 milliliters. You guys should take this anywhere you're going, whether or not you're going camping, you're traveling. Fits easily in a bag. The 750 milliliter has two six-shooter tumblers on it. The 375 has one. Both of them are going to have a vacuum insulated bottle with a patent no drip lip to ensure a clean pour every time it's 24 hour temperature control whether or not that's a hot or a cold drink but it's super easy i take one with me everywhere i go i use that half light a lot as i'm bringing stuff over for zeke for him to try right now i want to let you guys know if you use code ddb you're going to have 20 percent off a high camp flask until father's day check them out on instagram at high camp flask and check them out at highcampflask.com Cheers. If you're not first, you're last. Interesting, considering you don't want to talk about the Riffy Bobby pick on the table, but... I do want to talk about the Riffy Bobby pick on the table. It's phenomenal, but keep going. Will do. My name is John Edwards, and with me is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Rick and Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke Baker. How y'all doing? How you doing? We have two weeks in a row. We are the luckiest guys in the whole entire world because we are getting to spend another week with Dan the Bearded Dram. Dan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Glad to be back. I don't know how we got you two weeks in a row. It's magic. It is magic. It is like the magic of we might have been all sitting there together the same night, and we did two episodes in that night. <laughs> well, I can't remember the last episode, so hopefully this one goes a little bit better. It's like time travel. That's right. <laughs> you know, it's like Will Ferrell in uh, old school. <laughs> I blacked out. What happened? <laughs> Was it good? Did I do good? You just said good? the most prolific thing ever. <laughs> It works though. No, I know. I wish so I, I could got do that. College, really? You just blacked out and said some chemistry shit. I mean, I will say almost every single test there was shots of Jaeger involved before we went to the building. Ooh, and you are in charge of giving drugs to people. High score. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> that means you use a game genie. <laughs> We're not doing side pours. We're not doing other stuff. This is one of those more straightforward shows. Tonight, we are drinking New Riff Rye. It is a 100 proof, 50% ABV. It's aged at least four years. It is 95% rye. That 95.5 mash is a very standard mash for a lot of ryes that are out right now. It was distilled, aged, and bottled at New Riff in Newport, Kentucky. And it is $45 for a bottle. Zeke, you go first on this one. What'd you get? Punting the ball to me, huh? Nose-wise, there's a fair amount going on here. Somewhere between a a, a green and a sour apple really popped up first for me. Then I kind of moved into honeysuckle. Kind of, you know, literally if you grew up in the South, you just at some point inevitably probably stuck your nose in one or tasted one, which is, you know, fun as a kid. And then maybe even a little bit of honeydew, very slightly a little bit of grass that I think 
youth of a rye, but not a ton. And even a little bit of slight peppercorn or, or something prickly and poppy that was in there. Moving towards the palate, I just wondered where it all went, for lack of better words. Like I said, nose put me in so many different directions. I was really excited here. And tasting-wise, I don't get anything bad. I just don't get anywhere near the variance and the, the pronounced notes that it just knows in it. I just want to mention that Zeke gets more honey don't than honey do in his life. <laughs> oh, no, I get lots of honey do. <laughs> I think you get lots of honey don't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's more of a receiving in than a giving in. <laughs> yeah, that's where you're confused. No, honey, honey don't do that. I like when Zeke talks to me with his eyes while we do a friggin' podcast, thinking that people can can understand what he's doing. Dan, what do you get on this one? I it was a little bit different. Um, I actually wrote down on the nose at one point I got that scratch and sniff pickle, and then at a different point I got not big red cinnamon, but it was like a subtle cinnamon. Uh, just it was faint, and then going into the palate, it just was a very smooth, very uncharacteristic for rye. It just did not scream rye to me at all, but a very nice, subtle, lingering spice. A couple of revisits, you have a varied spicy note. I mean, you got a little bit stronger spice, you go back for another revisit, might be a little more subtle. Um, nothing very pronounced about this as far as like just really screaming rye or just telling you that yes this is that's what you're drinking but i enjoy it uh this is not the first time i've had it but this is definitely the first time i've really evaluated it and i feel like in all fairness and transparency this sitting down and actually evaluating it i think it's a very smooth nondescript rye I said I really like the nose, but it's so hard to figure out exactly what I'm thinking on the nose. It's just like fresh, creamy rye on the nose to me. It was like being in a field or meadow under a tree just sitting on a branch. Don't ask me why. I kind of thought of like Forrest Gump. You're going to be under a tree and sitting on a branch. You're sitting on a branch under a tree. I'm kind of thinking of like Forrest Gump and Jenny. How they used to like sit underneath that tree. I mean, you sit on roots. You don't sit on roots. If you're under the tree. (laughs) Under the canopy of the tree, dumbass. I'm still like under. uh, He he doesn't get it. Just think of like Forrest Gump and think of Jenny and Forrest sitting on the tree. And like Forrest going like. Well, it's on the tree, not under the tree. She's like, she taught me how to swing, and I taught her how to dangle. Think of that. Like, think of Forrest <laughs> dangling under a tree. Hey, Dan, and I taught you how to nose, or try at least. <laughs> no, I am really disappointed. <laughs> I am really, really disappointed because there's been about two years of hype about you two having a nose off. And if we didn't get to talking so much like we did before, <laughs> I was really going to try to have this nose off thing happen. But Dan, it's just proof that you need to come back again with us. Heck yeah. And we need to do the nose off. Let's we're, do it. We're just not letting you in the secret society of the nosers. All right. That's right. It's okay. I'm nasally enough for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the taste, I, I said, 
very, very creamy for a rye. And I, I say that word not because I'm trying to do a cop out, but it's because it's so unique. It's mm-hmm. you don't really get that creamy, smooth characteristics to a rye. I said it's not as spicy as I would have imagined. Only the slightest hint of spice on the roof of my mouth, more vanilla and caramel than anything. And then the question I had is, is this really 95.5? Cause it does not taste like a 95.5 ride to me. I would expect that to be a heck of a lot spicier. It didn't have the craziest finish or the longest finish in the world. The finish was not really there to me. I don't think that's necessarily the worst thing out of it. You know, I'm, I'm thinking of more of what the mouthfeel is, what the experience is at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. It's a unique rye. Ultimately, for me, though, it's a bar. So if I was thinking about the ability to have this, yes, it's unique. Yes, it's a, a conversation starter. But I did buy this bottle. So full disclosure, this is a bottle that I bought on a trip to Kentucky Nobody sent it to us, but this is probably a solid par for me. I just don't know with other rise that would come in at that $45 to $50, I'd probably gravitate towards a Pikesville or a Michter's Barrel Strength. It's a good drinker, but not a good thinker. Yeah. I mean, right. I think if it was a $25 rye or a $30 rye, and it's going to be what's essentially... If it was an Elijah Craig of rye, mm-hmm. where it's something that you know you're going to have a daily drinker, you're going to bottle might not be along. Well, you know, if it, in either three of us here, you know, obviously known to share plenty of bottles plenty of times, but you know, you walk up and you pull that out and you say it's in a bag or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hey, take a pull of this. Do you like it? What do you think? Do I like it? Yes. But I think, oh, it's good. Right. But then you say, give me notes and. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that one. Well, it doesn't really but drink then, like a rye, but it doesn't really drink like a bourbon. Well, there's, there's nothing off-putting, but you've got the divide down the the whiskey drinker world where there's there's rye fans and there's no you know the bourbon guys that just don't want a rye. They want the creamy, smooth, fruity floral. They don't really want to mess with the spice. So you're saying this is a bourbon drinker's rye? Yes. I would, I would say those four words all, all hit. That's the few notes we all got. Yeah. And, and <laughs> the neat thing, and I wrote down a couple of alternatives if you're looking for something that's going to have a little more, is I like the old Forrester uh, 100-proof rye that Derek Stilton came out. But my go-to, my love, my passion for just a good four-year rye, uh, this is the straight rye from New Ref, is you cannot, for the money, beat. The will it for your rye? No. There's too much of a story to be told. Each release is unique. It's something, and to it share. should be about the same price as this. It should, yeah. you know. And I have tried to get each release, and I absolutely love them, and just for different reasons. Some are greater. Well, there's yeah, one at the gift shop now. If it hasn't been sold out since last week, but I, I've already well, got it. Uh, well, I, <laughs> I, you know, I wonder where this is at a cash strength because now you're talking. Well, so when John and I, you know, originally did New Riff and did the bourbons, we had a couple of picks, and then we also had the bottled and bond that they were nice enough to send us, and we both, you know, agreed that the hundred proof for us seemed to be the better pour because it kind of. 
you know, buffed or polished off the nuances of a cash strength four-year product. But there was still a lot of flavor to it. Right. But with this, I almost wonder, feel if it's the inverse. Mm-hmm. Whereas the cash strength would have had that, you know, little oomph, little extra, you know, poke this direction or that direction, but would showcase the raw characteristics. Whereas putting it at 100 proof, you, you really just sanded it down to a crowd pleaser, I guess, for lack of better words. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think it was intentional, but, you know, it's where the head wanders. But I, I think you're on to it. I really do. I know that if you're going really on a higher proof scale with a rye, you're also talking about the heat and the spice, and it just becomes too much for some folks. I tried within the past year, I tried a, what was released at a much lower proof, but I tried it at cash strength. It was a, it was a rye blend. It was over 130 proof and it was one of the best rides I've ever had in my entire life. And I would kill. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> I would kill to have a bottle of that at, at cash strength, but it was a very solid rye, great flavors. Again, you go back to, it's just, it's kind of nondescript. Uh, we're, we were kind of struggling to find something rye-esque in this bottle. And it too, I'm sure there's a, an aspect of this that's market drinkers versus scrutinizers. True. <laughs> and again, market I mean, drinkers? It's, it's an entry-level rye. I mean, I can see plenty of people that, that, like John, you know, mentioned earlier, that I'm not a rye person. Right. Put that in a bag and try it. Right. You're you're not going to tell me you didn't like it. Right. Unless you just don't like whiskey in, in general, I don't think. Well, it's something we always go back to, though. Like $45 isn't an entry-level rye for me. That would be like... Zeke and I talk about it. It's one of the things that we agree on. Dickel rye is really good. What? Oh, man. The Zeke shaking his head no. No, 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 I'm saying, oh, man, like MGP rye, a little bit of charcoal filter, Mm. a little cut down proof. That bottle's gone in a day. (laughs) For the money. (laughs) It is, though. You know, like, there's nothing off-putting about Dickel rye. I can't say that about everything else, but. (laughs) But for the money, it's really, really good. And. I think once you're getting to that $40 or higher, yeah. people are expecting something a little bit different. And I think they want a little more flavor ultimately at the end of the day. However, this being a $45 bottle, if the pour is 7 or $8 at a bar, I don't think, yes, proportionate to the bottle, you are paying bar prices, but... I don't think there's anything wrong with having this thing out at a bar and tasting that for seven or eight bucks. No, and I think, you know, a lot of times we have folks that reach out to us, uh, whether through the media, social media, or in person at different events that are not as well versed or as experienced. I would probably say it's probably better that where should we go? I really like this or that. And then you kind of take them on that path. A good entry-level rye, I think, is the way I look at it. Yeah. Just give them a little bit of rye and see what they think. Not so are you up. a buyer or a bar? Me, personally, uh, I would probably share a, a pour of this at a bar with someone. I'm not necessarily going to buy the bottle. I bought it, but I probably will bar anything else after this bottle stuck. Well, and Zeke, you, you interested in buying a bottle? <laughs> What was it uh, the, the, the fat guy from Popeye said? 
I'll gladly, gladly pay you tomorrow for a hamburger today. Wimpy, he said, I'll pay you Tuesday. But um, <laughs> it's Tuesday. Pay I will up. say from a marketing side of things, because it does play in, and there are quite a few people that are full-fledged behind the new Rift train. This isn't going to be off-putting to anyone, so it's not going to disrupt the, that scale, I don't think. No. No, it's good. I mean, it's good. I wouldn't shy anyone away from having a pour of it. I just think when I'm not at a bar and I'm not out and I'm thinking about what am I spending my money on to put something in the cabinet at home, I think there are other ryes I would put in the cabinet, but I wouldn't feel bad about having this at a bar at all. No, and I, I, honestly, I mean, that. I just laughed the, the subtle notion of, so the bourbon we really thought was better at 100 proof. It just... It was an easier drinker, a better profile. Rye, I don't know what cash drink tastes like, but my notion is going to tell me we would have been happier with that one at cash drink versus underproof. Right. <laughs> no, but they're doing these single barrel picks at cash drink, correct? But they don't have a rye pick yet. So yeah. if they do, but if they I would do, be very interested. That would be a great opportunity to revisit and see what Most we're able certainly. to do. I mean, and that's the beauty of it, and I've had this conversation with many people. Give me it at cash strength. Let me add the water. Let me find the sweet spot. Don't tell me that 100 proof is a sweet spot every time. Well, and it is It is the master distiller or the master blender's sweet spot, depending on who's actually coming up with it. So when, when they are tasting things and they're coming... Now, granted... Yes, they're getting a lot of people in there, but there's, the buck is going to stop with someone. Mm-hmm. Taste is so subjective. You know, my taste is different than your taste, which is different than Zeke's taste, which is why I don't know why anyone listens to us anyway, because it's <laughs> just going to be whatever your personal preference is. I can't help you're wrong a lot. I can't help you have a broken palate. <laughs> <laughs> but the... That's why we just try to give the the clearest notes we can and let people come up with their own decision and we trust people or we we still push people to go to a bar and we still push people to try it. But that's why you have fun with friends. Yeah. Like literally all three of us have very similar yet different things that we pick up and detect and from drinking, you know, countless pours of various things and talking through it, you you understand it and and then you laugh about it. Like, oh no. John's going to love this. Right. Dan's going to hate or love this. Mm-hmm. But then you laugh about it because then you give it to him. And when you're right, you almost feel better than if you enjoyed the pour yourself. You're like, ah, oh, I dialed that some bitch in once. Yes. Here we go. I love doing that. I've got several <laughs> folks that I work with that I just, they, they're they getting into it and they've they've taken this advice and run with it. And I'm really impressed with their tenacity and their willingness to just grab a bottle, share samples with each other. They even blind each other. They put them in little bitty jars and color code them and, and share them with each other. And they're going back and forth just like, oh, I really like the blue, but the yellow is a little bit astringent. Or, you know, these are guys that are just getting into this, you know, on a serious level. And it's just fun to think that they're able to figure out through that process, okay, they're going to go this direction they're going to go that direction. I'm normally over here, but they've introduced me to certain things. And it's just fun. It's just constant evaluation. And you learn even from those that are just starting out. And it's that reiteration of the foundation, the basics, mm-hmm. the things that we kind of 
don't really focus on as much. We're dissecting a little bit too much sometimes. Do we ever just grab a bottle, stick it in a bag? It doesn't matter if we like the drink. We're just going to drink it. It, it. It's just it's fun to watch folks come into this and really evaluate where they're at and learn their palate. Yeah. Wine drinkers, vodka drinkers, well, they don't really have a palate. But, you know, you're sitting there, these guys that are just, I want to learn more about bourbon. Come from a scotch background. They like craft beers and they haven't really gotten into to bourbon. So it's it's fun to watch that maturation. It's also fun to watch you on Instagram at Bearded Dram. <laughs> Amen. So people should follow Dan on Instagram at Bearded Dram. He's always got some good stuff going on and, and the knowledge this man has in his head. Dan, I would have loved to have done a longer show just kind of figuring out who you are and what makes you tick and some of those questions. So please, will you come back with us sometime and do that? Because there's a bunch of knowledge you have in your head. And, and I think people would be interested in knowing how you know what you know and, and more of the story side of it. So it's the beauty. I mean, it's like last episode, we talked about just constantly testing and learning and trying and, and don't be afraid to quote, be wrong, test yourself. Figure well, out what nobody's you like. ever wrong. That's the best part about it. <laughs> That's right. It's what you like. My and wife's like, why Why do you do bourbon? I'm like, because nobody can tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> I get enough of that already. I was going to say, then she tells you you're wrong about something else? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. On a right note, I will say that to date, my, my two favorite picks, uh, Dan was there for both. So something good's going on there. Heck yeah. Absolutely. And go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Join our Facebook group, Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Answer a couple questions. We will let you in. Please follow us on your favorite podcast provider, which I'm sure you already have. Please leave us an open and honest review, just like we leave an open and honest review about any whiskey we drink. Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old Nashville, Tennessee, sometimes in Kentucky. Sometimes other spaces. Cheers. Ciao. See ya.